You're listening to Addicted to Success with your host and founder, Joel Brown. Be sure to check out the new movie, Rise Up. Discover what the Dalai Lama, Ariana Huffington, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, John Mackey, CEO of Whole Foods, Joel himself, and others are saying about the secrets to the new era of success. How to achieve massive success and a radically fulfilled life in today's crazy and ever-changing world. Learn more at RiseUpTheMovie.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Now today I have the conscious maverick entrepreneur, author, and worldwide game changer, Yannick Silva, who is the 144th person to go into space. How cool is that? <laughs> well, not, not yet. 144th on the list. On the list. There you go. He's on the list. Well, look, that's a great feat already, man, in itself. <laughs> I know that you're, you're now on a mission to help entrepreneurs align their true soul of their business with more impact, meaning, and happiness with a new book, Evolved Enterprise. So Yannick, thank you so much for joining us on the Addicted to Success podcast. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, appreciate it. Excellent, mate. Excellent. You know, I saw a video on your uh, Facebook page uh, a couple days back. And at the start of the video, you asked this question. And I think it's a great question. I want to flip it on you. You asked, would you like to push more water down the river or do you want to change the course of the river? Yeah. I'm asking you that question there. And the question is, why? I mean, it's it's a big question. One of my friends asked me that, and it just stuck with me forever. It's just like, to me, I, I absolutely want to change the course of the river. And and if you just simply push more water down the river, like there's, you're not really doing anything. You're not changing anything going on. To me, it's it's about truly. I mean, we we talk about our mission is change the way business is played, and and working with entrepreneurs that that are the impact makers and and who have leverage and the voices out there to make a difference in the world. And to me, that that's where I get the most excited is, is like looking at these these hubs of, of influence and leverage. And that's that's my my sort of role in, I guess, changing the river as, as my question would be asked. Yeah, that's great. And the thing is as well, I've noticed that you have a huge network of, uh, of friends, right? Entrepreneurial friends, game changers, influencers. Uh, it, it's interesting, you know, when a band of people can come together, just how much energy you can have around a, a certain mission. It's just incredible. Yeah. I mean, any group, I mean, we're all as humans, that's the way we're hardwired. We want something bigger. We want a bigger mission. And now, you know, getting, wrapping my friends around, we, we've tried, we've had a couple false starts on a couple things, but I'm not, I'm not giving up, but it's like, it, it is that saying of hurting cats of trying to get them all together and, and getting them to think on, okay, what's our one big thing that we can all show up for? But there is there is something really meaningful and amazing when, when you do have that big North Star that, that's guiding everyone. And, and I think it boils down to that for your company as well. It's like that's how you get uh, alignment with your team and, and it creates a, an amazing culture as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great thought. So take us into the mind of Yannick. What is your greatest desire in life? <laughs> my i mean i i just get such joy and happiness out of um out of working with you know the people that you mentioned these these game changing entrepreneurs these impactful entrepreneurs that want to make a difference in the world and i look at what i just put out with evolved enterprises hopefully a framework that that really does hopefully start getting them to ask some more unique questions, thinking about how they're going to increase the impact that they're, that they're even making. I mean, I think all entrepreneurs make an impact or else they're out of business. 
Uh, but, but this is a, a way of really consciously and intentionally looking at it. And what, what really drives me and gets me excited is thinking about how, how we can leverage business to make the greatest difference in the world and help solve some of the biggest social issues and global issues that are going on right now. Because I think nonprofits have done a great job of what they can do, but I think businesses, just by their very nature and their model of, of being for-profit and, and being value-based providers, they have more sustainability, they have more of an opportunity to make make a difference in this world. And and that's where I really like to shift the conversation around. And and the funny thing about this, Joel, is it's really interesting is actually, you know, there's a lot of research now that that you actually drive an increased bottom line when you include uh, a meaningful impact in that way too. So it's not just like, okay, let's do it and we'll feel good. It's altruistic. It's yeah. philanthropic, whatever it is. But there's actually a real tangible pragmatic aspect. And and that's where I get really jazzed up because for 15 some years, uh, really deep in the marketing world, and now you can bring together literally everything. It's like merging your your head and, and your heart. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, a changing landscape, the, the online world. What would you say is your greatest fear? My greatest fear, I don't. I don't know if I have this as much anymore. It used to be a really big kind of booming voice in my ear that was, I really feel like the people that I hang out with and enjoy spending the most time with, they they all feel like they're destined for greatness. And I, I think if I would have asked you this question too, I, I think you'd answer in that affirmative as well, but not in an ego-based way, not in a way that you know, that, that you're so cocky that it's like, oh yeah, destined for greatness, but in a way that we've been gifted with, with talents and this tremendous voice and, and leverage in, in this different way. And I had to use that voice and to use that, the, the gifts and, and resources that I had. And it's, um, you know, I, I think I've, I've moved away from that simply if I'm, if I'm being present and, and working on, following my joy and happiness at that moment, then I, I'm already succeeding in knowing that I don't have to, I don't have to hit a certain goal in order to be happy. Mm, okay. Okay. So being, being content with your life and not having to have uh, achieved goals to fulfill you. Yeah. And this is, you know, this has been new for me. This is an interesting kind of thing. And it's, it's really, there's a cool book called uh, the great work of your life by a guy named Stephen Cope. I don't know if you ever read it or heard of it. No, I haven't. It's a, it's really good. I'd highly recommend that. It. He's essentially a, a yogi practitioner, uh, and he he works um, up in up in Massachusetts. I think it's called the Kripalu Center, which does a lot of yoga retreats and things like that. But he broke down the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of our oldest sort of spiritual texts that's around. And one of the key principles in there was that that you're not you're not entitled to the fruit of of your labor. You're only entitled to to, to the fruit. So putting your full heart and soul into something uh, is your reward. And, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting because as entrepreneurs, our identities are really deeply linked, I think, to how well our business does, what our bank account says, uh, external accolades, sales numbers, you know, you name it. But when you start thinking in the terms of you don't have attachment to what happens, but by literally putting your full heart and soul into, into something, then, then you won right there. It's that there's a big, big difference there. And you know, another author that I really like is Brené Brown and her book Daring Greatly. And she has a a question that that kind of a, a synthesis of this, which is, you know, what would you do even if you knew it would fail? Mm. And it's it's a really powerful question because we've all heard that you know, if you got six months to live, what would you do? If if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? 
But I think this question is even better because it's like, what would we put our full life into regardless of what the results are? Yes. And and that, you know, really harkens back to what you were talking about. Like, you know, what's what's my greatest fear? And and now my greatest fear, I guess, would if I have, you know, if I'm thinking about it again, would be probably not putting my full heart and soul into something. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, because I feel that same way. I feel like, you know, I have a great dream, great desires. And I feel like my fear would be not to be able to deliver that to the world before I die. And right. I, a lot of entrepreneurs feel like that. It's kind of like they feel like they're here to do something as that purpose. And there's this uh, great quote by Pablo Picasso. And he says, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. So powerful, you know. It, it's, it's just amazing when you, when you meet someone who is truly in alignment with with you know who they were meant to be, and that's what this, that whole book, that great work of your life, is about: is finding your dharma, your purpose, your path. And 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 he talks about everyone, a bunch of different historical people, everyone from well-known icons like Nelson Mandela and and Gandhi, but to to also like you know quote unquote commonplace people. But when they find true alignment, like just everything becomes turbocharged, and that's that's so exciting. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Turbocharged. I like that. <laughs> You know, I feel like uh, a lot of uh, those that have finally found their purpose, I find that they are really tapping into their own true self, right? Uh, because you have a lot of people where they're trying to be like somebody else, but when they finally settle down and go, look, what am I actually here for? What am I here to do? They've found their like authentic self and that's where they find their power. How can we become more of our authentic self? Through your experience, how would you do that? Uh, that's a great question. I love it, and it's it's so in in the evolved enterprise. The whole diagram actually starts with you at the center, and then there's concentric circles leading out. And I think the greatest work we can do is on ourselves because that that changes everything. And it sounds so trite; everyone's heard it. It's like you change yourself, you, your your outside world changes, but it it really does in a huge way. And finding that authentic you is, I think, it's an ongoing process. You know, it's like almost like uh, there's a cool story from I think it was in Thailand that that these um, they found this massive golden Buddha and they couldn't believe that this golden Buddha was hidden for so long. And what happened was there was some invading army that came and and the monks that were at this monastery like covered up this massive golden Buddha with with mud. And if you know the story better, jump in. But uh, because I might have the facts wrong, but the <laughs> no, gist of it is correct. Yeah. So they covered this giant Buddha with mud and to to thwart this army that was invading. And at some point in history that it was just lost, that this giant Buddha was actually made out of gold. And until another order of monks, they just looked at this Buddha and, and all of a sudden it was like a little speck of gold was was there. And the guys like came over and they started chipping away at it and chipping away at it and realized that it was a solid gold Buddha that had been hidden for for forever wow. and it was just that's like the way i look at ourselves it's like we can just chip away and chip away and chip away um, at everything that's not our authentic self and part of it to me is figuring out who your who your heroes are because that's an easy one right so who do you look up to in, in personal and in, in business uh whatever it is and there's a reason for it and and there's a the reason is that you're looking at their archetypes their their personalities their characteristics of who they are are actually a spotlight on the best of who you are. And so, for instance, uh, Richard Branson is one of my biggest business heroes. And I love the, the adventurous nature 
that he has. He says yes to so much. He has 300 some companies, uh, which you know is pretty amazing. And just the way that he truly wants to make a difference in the world. And so I've always been a, a huge Branson fan, and now I've had the pleasure and privilege of spending about eight and a half weeks with him, and to really you know get to see kind of some of the ways that he works and what he does. But do I want to be the next Richard Branson? No, I don't. Um, I want to be the first Yannick Silver. Uh, I want to take the characteristics and and pieces that I really see in Richard that that I want to embody, and and use that, but use that in my own way that that really. That, you know that that justifies that is uniquely me, and not trying to be somebody else. And I think we we get wrapped up in trying to be the next Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or anything like that. And you're not going to do that. Like, and Steve Jobs has a great quote about you know you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And that's where that unique aspect of who you are is because all whatever you have up to this moment, Joel, like you could go back and analyze the last. 5, 10, 15, 25 years of your life, mm-hmm. and you'll see these amazing, I don't know, synchro destiny moments that made you who you are. And when you start putting those together in a way that I almost look at you know, entrepreneurship and business as a, a canvas, and, and we're true artists. So if we can create uh, our, our business as this magnificent piece of art, I'm glad you brought up Pablo Picasso earlier. Uh, that you can truly create something that is unique to you because otherwise, why do it? Like, why show up as, as somebody else? Why, why be a, a, a second rate whoever? Yeah, 100%. It's a whole quote of, uh, you know, it's easier to be different than it is to be better. Mm. I'd rather be playing the different game. I'd rather be bringing something unique to the table, to the world that can actually change the course of history i mean that would be absolutely incredible right to bring some new flavor to the table and the the funny thing and the coolest thing about it is you don't have to really try at it it's just like (laughs) you really you're already who you are like and then just bring who you are to the table not and and not just try and you know become a role and become somebody else yeah you know i've interviewed over a hundred entrepreneurs and it's funny you know three years ago when i started uh, the interview processes. I would look up to a lot of these entrepreneurs. You know, I think, oh, they're so successful. And you have this kind of vision in your mind of how they are. They're successful. They have a lot of money. A lot of people like them. You know, it's that kind of that. It's kind of like the ignorant uh, thought, right? And then when you start uh, connecting with them and you're hearing their stories, like everybody is so different from one another. Really, they're all playing like a similar game, but they're doing it in a different way. And they're like kind of like the piece to the puzzle. Everyone is a different piece. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty amazing experience to go through that and realize like, wow, well, I'm a piece of the puzzle too. And I just need to find where I fit. Absolutely. And you know what? It's also, you know, so I talked about analyzing your heroes and archetypes and things like that. It's also mm-hmm. uh, dwelling into a bit, of, uh, a bit of some of the dark stuff too. Pieces that we don't maybe want to show the public. Um, and so Carl Jung, who's a pretty famous psychologist, would talk about your shadow aspect. And for every every quote unquote light side of you or characteristic of of what you put out there, there's also a a shadow side that we don't always show. And it's interesting when you start playing and digging deeper into archetypes that make up who you are, that you could go back and and look at okay, what are the what are the shadow aspects? So I'll give you a quick example. 
um, that I had to look at, at was that, that whole idea of putting my full heart and soul into something. And I looked at a pattern that had developed and started probably way before, but I remember in college I'd show up uh, basically half drunk from bourbon from the night before, be the, the last one into an exam, be the first one out, borrow a pencil, and I'd get like a solid B, B minus, B plus sometimes. Uh, and, and so this kind of continued like this, not fully putting myself in and, and I, I saw it show up with, with all the projects that I did up until this point, because if I was being honest with myself, it gave me an out if, if sales weren't what I wanted it to be or, or, you know, whatever the results were. And with this book, with the volatile enterprises is really the first thing that I truly, truly put my full heart and soul into. And I, my, my wife asked me right before I released it, she's like, you know, do you care how many you, you sell? And it was like the first time that I really didn't care. I didn't care if I sold one copy or not. As I told her, I won the minute that I finished the last word of the book. And so that was an interesting shadow and part to, to really look at for myself. Wow. That's amazing that you're able to step back and observe. Because a lot of people aren't observing, are they? They're not getting familiar with themselves. They, they're not practicing self-awareness. They're just going through life making the same mistakes or, or, or being affected by their shadow so yeah that's awesome well everyone becomes a mirror and reflection for you if you allow them to be mm. so you know the way that you interact with with almost anyone is a reflection of what's going on in, in your world and and so they'll, they'll they'll show up and especially you start looking at stuff that gets you highly charged or, or gets you really angry or really passionate one way or another there's there's something going on there that, that needs some exploration Mm, that's very insightful i love that excellent thanks yannick so yannick you're in the new documentary film uh rise up with tony robbins dalai lama jack canfield uh, eben pagan so how did this come about and also what do you feel you deliver uh within this documentary what can we expect from you in this documentary well, I think uh, what, what I talk about in, in the documentary, so the idea of rising up is is really about about waking up as as who we are as as conscious individuals that can make a difference, and then and then this idea of showing up, like showing up as our best self, as as the most optimal version of who we are, and and then what do we what do we provide? Like how do we how do we then make a difference in that entire mosaic of of like you were talking about before? Like where's the little pieces and where do you fit in the in that piece? So what do we what verse do we add to the uh, to the song? What uh, you know what what piece of uh, what what thought do we add to the to the artwork? Mm-hmm. And and so I, I talk about a little bit about my story about going from simply being an uh, internet entrepreneur making making a, a lot of money and then realizing that I really wasn't happy. And I, I, I was still making a difference. I was helping a lot of people, but I wasn't happy. And to be able to, to say, okay, I'm going to take the big leap and decide that there's something different. And, and then still sticking with it when things were going sideways and, and having to sell uh, my Aston Martin to pay for payroll one time. And, and that you know, your kind of universe continues to bonk you on the head when, when, when things are, are out of alignment. And for when you have a pretty open checkbook, it took me about $400,000 to realize that things weren't quite going the direction I wanted with the new venture that I thought was my ultimate happiness venture. And, and then realizing, okay, what's, what's the big why? why? Why should I continue doing this? And it wasn't what I was originally doing and, and shifting and, and finding out how to, how to show up as, as your best self to really align that purpose, passion, and, and, and profits. Mm, I can't wait to, uh, to hear your part in it because 
I find your information very insightful. So thank you, man. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. So uh, you can check out the trailer right now at riseupthemovie.com. So make sure you head over there. And it should be out, I think, around mid-2016. So yeah, hang tight. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. It's, it's, uh, I think it's going to start setting up some great... Com- I mean, the documentaries that are coming out right now and uh, and the whole just... It seems like there really is this shift going on in the world, and it's so exciting to see. It's exciting that we're alive during this time when when you have so much technology, like you were talking at the, at the top of the show about going into space, right? The technology of commercial space tourism and, and commercial space exploration and and all the amazing exponential technology, as well as, to me, almost like this rediscovery of mystical, ancient, uh, old practices. So I'm going to be very excited to hear what the Dalai Lama has to say and, and other people of that caliber. Yeah, yeah. It's actually really interesting. It's kind of like a merge of like, inf- we're in like the information age and shifting into the spiritual age. And there's just like this merge that's going on right now between the two. I, I mean, there there's so many different cultures that talked about the shift that's going to happen and you know like any shift or, or you know that they, they call it a birthing you know there there's not a you, you don't know exactly when the when the child's going to be born but it's there there's something going on like you just see it like the conversations that I have with regular people like guys on my hockey team they're just different now it's really really interesting mm, it's brewing something's brewing you want to be yeah. a part of it <laughs> exactly so, Yannick, tell us a little bit about your new book, Evolved Enterprise. Like, what can we expect from this book? All right. Well, the book is, uh, you know, as I said, I put my full heart and soul into this. And first of all, you get really great pictures in there. I illustrated the whole thing. Oh, and I wanted to be a cartoonist as a kid. So this is a fun way of me really <laughs> reconnecting to that artwork. And, nice. and I do a lot of artwork in my journal right now. So you get to see my illustrations. So that's, that's one big bonus. But, you know, the other thing, the big message around this is I, I really see this as a coming uh, shift that, that could change everything. This is, um, and it's how to, how to align the true soul of your business with, with more impact, more meaning and happiness. And that actually, surprisingly, maybe not so, delivers more profits. And it's, it's so exciting to see that, that we, can, we can put all of this together. And so if we talked about ancient technology and, and modern technology combining together, it's that head and heart, you know, the head is the business sense and the marketing smarts and the heart is how do we make a difference and impact in the world? And it truly is coming together so that we can move from being a transactional company to trans- transformational, uh, touching everyone that, that we come in contact with and to even transcending what, what a business can be. And it's, it's really an exciting time. Wow. Transcending. Transcending. That's such a great and powerful word. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And also, I love the analogy of the head and the heart. That really paints a great picture on how we should all be operating our businesses. And I think that businesses are more successful when they do play in that space because people want to be a part of something. I think a lot of... Do you you feel like a lot of the population uh, want to be able to give back, but they just don't know where to start? And they, they do it through other businesses that get it? Yeah. I mean, everyone, well, everyone wants to be part of something bigger and they want to, they want to make a difference and know that they matter in some way. So we want to put out meaningful work. We want to, we want to be able to bring our whole selves to what we do and, and work is, I don't know what percentage of our time, especially as entrepreneurs. I mean, our whole lives are really intermeshed in our, in our businesses. Yeah. Uh, but, but we want to know that we're making a difference and, and 
Evolved Enterprise gives you the 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 platform in order to to be able to to say I've made a difference by truly baking in that difference and impact. And so you mentioned give back, and I have a little rant in the book about it. But I started off as a copywriter, so to me, you know, every word is really important. And this idea of give back implies guilt and implies that we've taken something. And entrepreneurs are are, are value creators, or else we we'd be out of business. So to me, you know, the the words impact or I don't I don't know, giving forward is all right, but I like I like the word impact or 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 just or just giving or just whatever it is. But it's you know, give back to me is a very loaded kind of guilt driven phrase. So I try and I try and get rid of that within our team and and people that we work with. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I was speaking with uh, Adam Braun from Pencils of Promise. Yep. A few weeks back, and he was saying that he changed the whole word of non-profit to for purpose because he just didn't like the kind of negative uh, vibe. Yeah. That word. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, word so like get we that. get to invent. We're, we're you know we can invent what we language is so very important to. Uh, there, there's a really interesting book. I forgot the name of it now. It, was, it came out a couple years ago. It was, it was this guy who's a, um, a strategist for different politicians. And he talked about these different words that made a difference in, in speeches. Like they would, instead of like drilling for oil, they would, they would say like, um, uh, shoot, what was it? It was like exploring for, for alternative fuels or something like that, or exploring alternative energy. Or it was like all these just different ways of, uh, of just looking at, at the same phrase really, but, but making it more impactful. I like that for purpose, pro, uh, uh, company, you know, that's the reason we call it involved enterprise. Like I, I see that as, you know, people are going to be talking and they already are about, you know, we, yeah, we're an involved enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually one of our mutual friends, uh, Vishen Lakiani from Mind Valley, was talking about this recently as well, where uh, saying like how the world has kind of separated in different areas, like cultures are created based off the way that we communicate with each other, like different tribes come about through like different forms of communication. It's just, it's incredible. And then you look at that and go, well, what if we did this in our business world? You know, like how it, this actually is affecting our businesses uh, in the business world as well. So it's like you have to be so careful with the way you communicate, not only to within your business, but also to the world about your business. Absolutely. And language is, you know, one of the, the outer rings of Evolved Enterprise. We talk about community and it's like building a tribe, people that are just so turned on by what you're doing that they want to spread the message and, and buy more and and share more. And, and language is, is key to that because that identifies them as part of the tribe. And you look at, you know, Burning Man, like they're called burners or people that go to the TED events or Tedsters. And there's, uh, you know, the, the deadheads that would follow around the Grateful Dead. And so language is, is absolutely a key piece and I think I have like eight or nine of these pieces that we look at that you can consciously intentionally create create tribes yes yes and you know it's been interesting to see like when we launched the trailer for Rise Up as well there's this kind of movement that's coming about behind the, the documentary itself with the people that believe in the cause and the, and the purpose behind it so yeah, I get exactly what you're saying this is uh, this is what it's all about this is how we all move forward and make a difference so, Yannick, what is the first area your average day-to-day business owner can focus on and change within their business so that they can have more impact in the world? Where can we start? I always start with with ourselves. I think you gotta you gotta fill your own glass so that you can have a full cup that you can then pour into the other people that that are around you. And and so to me, that means um, taking the time for for ourselves. And and even if it feels really selfish to to carve out some time for for what's going to nourish us i have a 
I have a, a pretty long blog post about these nine different things that are, I call it my return path to, to joy, happiness, and bliss. And it came from a time that really a dark period of my life, that, that whole so, sort of sideways time of figuring out what was going on and what was wrong and, and then returning to what, what truly gave me joy and happiness. And uh, of just a few of them that I think people can do right away uh, are you know, stuff that you've probably already heard of and, and know. But my, my three pillars that I absolutely you know, religiously do each day if I can is some sort of movement, some sort of mindfulness, and, and then some sort of it's usually around journaling, yoga, and meditation. Or like tonight, I'm playing ice hockey, so that movement is covered by ice hockey. Uh, so it's you know that that sort of a, a bit of a bit of stillness. Uh, journaling is is something I absolutely hundred percent, thousand percent advocate. It's it's one of my best uh, success principles that I continue to use, and and it shows up in, in so many different ways. And then just not being not being uh, afraid to take some time for yourself and to make sure that it's built into your schedule uh, to do things that really authentically make you happy and and to create an, an impact in some way so that we are we have that full cup that we can continue to to grow from there but there's there's nine different m's that I talk about in that return path uh, I think it's like movement mindfulness uh, mix which is doing something different uh, you know I won't cover all of them but but there's it's an entire thing to think about and how do you how do you have a great day which leads to a great week and leads to a great month and and it all starts from starts from there yeah i love that you covered that it's very important and you know i I look at it like the business world is like a one big racing track right and and you know you're like the sports car you got to go out there and race it but now and then you got to go in for a service you got to be oiled up and serviced and uh, make sure that you can perform at uh, optimum levels and that starts with looking after yourself each and every day yeah, that's the daily stuff, and then building in hopefully into your habits um, stuff that maybe happens weekly or, or monthly or just you know things that unless it gets scheduled. I mean, you look at your own appointments, right? Like you and I on this phone call, and you know it wouldn't have happened if it didn't get scheduled. Uh, it got rescheduled once or twice, but it, but it got scheduled, and and so a lot of people just neglect things for themselves that bring them that joy and happiness so like for me it might be artwork or it might be whatever it is but if i if i make a space for it it's going to happen or even like the big stuff like how many times have people said oh i want to go to i don't know machu picchu or whatever like unless that hap- unless that shows up on your schedule it's not usually going to happen yeah great point yeah get it in your schedule take the action and don't just talk about it or just think about it take the action beautiful so Yannick, in the next four to seven years, what do you feel we can expect to change in the way that we do business? I mean, I really feel like there's there's a window right now where where the, the companies that get this, the entrepreneurs that get this, uh, who who think about how they're going to make an impact, how that bakes into their business, how it affects their culture, how you know it, it truly affects the story and the marketing that that they do and, and share. Like they have a, a short window here where this is going to become a, it's going to be a competitive advantage during this time. And then later on, if they miss the window, it's going to become a competitive disadvantage because I see it from the inside out and then the outside in. Like the inside out, you see it with millennials that there's, there's new research coming out that I've seen from, from Nielsen talking about how millennials are willing to work for less pay if the company they're working for has a greater mission to what they're doing. And, and then there, there's new research that's been on, actually long research uh, from a book called Firms of Endearment that's been out for uh, many years now where they compared firms that have 
bigger companies like like Whole Foods or uh, Southwest Airlines or Container Store that had a really strong culture and would would pay for things that most companies would look at as as a trivial expense. And you looked at them versus the S and P 500, which is kind of our standard block of of companies uh, on the stock market. And and over a couple years, there wasn't a big difference. Over five years, there was a decent difference. Over ten years, there was a thousand plus percent return difference. And that was really interesting. And then outside in as well is the criteria, the buying criteria for customers is changing. So they're looking at okay, what's what is the built-in impact that that companies are doing? Like how are they making? How are they doing good? How are they not making how are they not doing harm to whether it's the environment or or it, whether how are they not uh, just making more mess of things and and if they have their choice they're going to go with a company that that proclaims how they're making a difference and so I think that there's our window right there. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more uh, conscious entrepreneurship, and I think that you know somebody has to go first, right, with anything, and I feel like there's a lot of people stepping up now rising up really and uh and it's amazing to see that you're one of the guys that are leading the charge so congratulations that's great that you're a trailblazer there yeah well it's i, I feel like I'm, I'm one of the gang that that is really talking about this and it was interesting i was at a ink conference a ink magazine conference and every single person on stage there aside from one who's uh the guy mr wonderful from shark tank was <laughs> talking about talking about how putting your heart into something, how, you know, making a difference and making an impact actually drove their business. And, and he was, you know, I think he's got his own stake and, and that's fine. But, uh, he, yeah. from a very pragmatic point of view, even if you're totally just numbers driven, like all of this stuff actually works too. Wow. You should put him to the challenge, put him to the test. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote a blog post uh, about it and, and called him out on it. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone, you know, you got to learn, right? You got to learn, you got to see how others do it. And um, over time, the, you know, the numbers don't lie, as they say. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. How did you become friends with Richard Branson? You know, you just call him up and say, hey, Richard, can I show up at your island? He says, oh, sure. Uh, that's, you <laughs> know, that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's like, how do, how do things show up in your world? Like for me, I, I remember writing on my life list at one point. It was just like have lunch with Richard Branson. Like I thought that would be pretty awesome, and and so I joined I joined Virgin Galactic many years back now, like 2007. You mentioned the 144th uh, person uh, on the list there to go into space, and so I met him real briefly there. But one of my friends, uh, this guy named Joe Polish, he actually uh, met Richard at a, at a charity dinner and had had decided that he was going to hold an event on his island and asked if I wanted to come. And it was a pretty sizable number, big check to write, that went to his his charity. And I'm like, yeah, I want to go. And so I ended up going there. And that year, uh, Joe, Joe decided that you know he wasn't going to continue doing it unless he had someone else maybe to partner up with. And I said, yeah, Joe, why don't you and I do it together? And so for a couple of years then, we, we did the, a Necker Island trip once a year with entrepreneurs. And then last year, uh, we took it over and, and simply did it by ourselves. And, and this year, we're doing it again. So it's been a, an ongoing sort of relationship that, that's grown and blossomed. And, and it's interesting, like, you know, with Richard, he doesn't really love talking about business. Like, that doesn't really get him super excited anymore. Uh, he, he loves talking about how can you make a difference with business. He likes talking about, uh, obviously, space. He likes talking about different things, about legalizing drugs worldwide, you know, just things that have a social mission to him. 
And, and so I think he and I really connected around other things besides business and, and besides uh, just what, what maybe most people might ask him about or, or, or maybe uh, want to know from him. Yeah, that's interesting. What would you say is the most interesting thing that you've learned from Richard? A lot. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe maybe the one, one of the biggest ones for sure is uh, that he doesn't play by the same rules as everyone else does, and and you see it a little bit in business, which is interesting. Like you can look at some of the, some of the companies and what they've done. Like I love their model, like where they taken let's say like cellular and they did Virgin Mobile. I'll say to my British or Australian version mobile uh, <laughs> and and taking it you know let's say to the states and instead of building out an entire infrastructure they uh, they rented the the lines or the infrastructure from I think of sprint so that way they had very little risk and so not playing the same rules that that other telephone companies might have to go by right so and they had all the upside in the world if they if they uh, were able to acquire customers and, and do really well which they had been. Uh, but you see this in like just everyday activities too. I remember uh, we play this game sometimes at, at Maverick events where it's called uh, Dinner Quirks. And I, I based it on, there's a show in the US that hasn't been on for a while. It's called Whose Line Is It Anyway? It's like an improv game where oh, yeah. one of the games was, uh, I think it was like Party Quirks. And you know someone shows up at a party and they have a quirk and the person has to guess what that quirk was. And so I decided it'd be fun to play Dinner Quirks. So you got an envelope. And inside the envelope were like two or three quirks that you'd have throughout dinner. It might be like, you know, you're the uh, air quotes guy. You have to make air quotes when you talk or you're the high fiver or you're the, uh, I don't know, something else like really goofy. Like you have to ask people to remind you of something. And so those are some of the quirks in there. So Richard sits down. He's next to my wife. And he opens up his envelope. He's like, oh, what's this? Opens it up and like smacks my wife across the face. And she's like, "What?" <laughs> and, and you know, playfully, only you know, Richard yeah, can get yeah. away with it. Yeah. And so, uh, and my wife Missy, she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "It says so right here." <laughs> you know, I had written out all the all the quirks, and it definitely didn't say, you know, slap the person next to you. So he he, he just doesn't really follow the rules, uh, regardless of what's going on. And I remember playing him in pool. He doesn't like to. He doesn't really like to lose, and I'm I'm shooting at the eight ball, and he's like taking the cue stick and like and like taking it in between my legs and like nudging it up there, just really trying to screw with me. And it's just like you know that that not playing by the rules is uh, is I think one of the one of the lessons that that I learned from Richard for sure. Yeah, that is great. That is amazing. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like when you have fun in life in general, you bring a little bit of that into your business too. I think there's a lot of people that are like too serious within their business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, people don't vibe with that. You know, people want to feel like it's a bit lighthearted as well and they can have a bit of a laugh and have fun with it too. So, yeah. that's Yeah, I mean, I look at my, that core philosophy that when I originally started Maverick, the core philosophy and it hasn't changed, it hasn't wavered these three pillars. If you look at like a shorthand version of it is a dollar sign, happy face and a heart. And and they're all totally interconnected. It's like the more joy and happiness you have, the more more you're going to be making, the more you're going to be growing as a person, the more... And the more impact you make, the you know the same thing. The more happiness you have, and so they're all totally interconnected. And that and that happiness, that fun, that once again, that comes from like who are you authentically, right? Like so, I couldn't once again, I couldn't be the next Richard Branson. He does different stuff. Like you know, I saw him. The guy who uh, started, 
uh, what was it like, like Hands Across America or, or Live Aid or something like that. I, I forgot the guy's name. He's uh, one, one of the biggest sort of people in the record business, uh, very well known. But I saw him. So he was there, and it was his birthday, and and we were at this conference for young entrepreneurs together with Richard in South Africa. And so he takes the cake, takes his hand into the cake, and like shoves uh, that, uh, on the guy's face, and like you know that playfulness is just so. Uh, it's just so endearing, but you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do the same thing, but I, but if you do that in your own way, it's, it is absolutely endearing and, and people love it. Yeah. They want to be part of it. Yeah. It's like uh, bringing that inner child out of yourself too. Yeah. I got this question I ask my clients and it's like, you know, it's a kind of a silly question, but it's like, what happens when they bring time machines out in the near future, you're still around and you get to time walk back to your eight year old self. Your eight-year-old <laughs> self is standing there asking you, why did you not make that dream happen? <laughs> what are you going to say then? <laughs> That's, I don't know. I mean, my eight-year-old self wanted to be a cartoonist and a professional hockey player. And uh, so the, the cartoonist part, uh, my, my drawings are getting better again. So that, that's, that's happening. And yeah. it's all about like inner, you know, connecting those pieces, as Steve Jobs would say. And um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think my eight-year-old self totally had uh what, what my eight-year-old self definitely had right was that that fun part and and that joy and uh you know in my journal like i love asking good questions and and that that one's a good one um i actually asked like you know what would your 11 year old self say and but but eight-year-old's a good one too because it's a an age where you're like my, my daughter's eight and i have a 10-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter and my daughter um you know it's just they're, they're real joys to just watch what gets them lit up and what they're excited by. And it's just really funny. So they actually come with me every year to, to Necker. And, and so my daughter Zoe asked Richard, she's kind of the entrepreneur, I think. She's got that bug. And she asked Richard, like, how many companies he has. And he's like, you oh, know, about 300. She's like, oh, daddy, you're doing all right. You have about five. <laughs> it's just, you know, they, they, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think eight-year-olds now are different than maybe when you and I were, were eight. They have a better perception of what's what's going on and what's up. Oh, I think so. Yeah, they're blessed but, with uh, technology and new insights for sure. But, yeah, but that joy doesn't like that joy doesn't go away. That inner child, um, that that piece, that is absolutely a piece that you want to hold on to and and nurture and and enhance in in every way possible. Yeah, and you know what's great is that I see your implementing uh the art side of things into your book and that's probably why one of the reasons why you're so excited about putting it together and you're happy to bring it out uh and the other thing that you do is you go and play ice hockey you just mentioned before you you're playing ice hockey you're still kind of living some of your childhood dreams but you don't have to be like a full-blown nhl player or anything like that but uh you're still like bringing some bring that out now and then to to keep the joy there (laughs) Well, I think it's it's like if you start looking at, and this is an interesting discussion we had in Argentina. That was where our, our summit was this past uh, couple months ago for for Maverick. Was the whole uh, theme was passion, and then we all went back to okay, what were you passionate about? And usually, it's when you're a kid. Like, what what gave you the most joy, and what what was really fun for you? Yeah. And like looking back, you know, when I, when I was even eight. I was a little bit younger than eight, maybe. Anyway, around that same time period, I was like in the fourth grade play, and and, and I was the Tin Woodsman and Wizard of Oz. So I've always been a little bit of a ham. And then the art piece, and then the uh, you know, I was always like the class clown. And so you know, you got a little bit of that goofiness with the dinner quirks. And so it's like you bring all these 
these little pieces together, and that's where that uniqueness, and that's where it gets really exciting to to push together. And it's just like, what what gave you that that joy and excitement as a kid, and how do we reintegrate that into our world? Yeah, I love that. I love that, Yannick. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that uh, story as well about uh, your kid and Richard Branson. It's uh, it's great. It brings a great element to the uh, the conversation. So thank you. Now, are there any books that you would recommend out there? Because a number of the listeners are really into, uh, you know, self-development, going to events, uh, buying programs as well where they can self-improve. So is there any books, events, or programs that you would recommend? Yeah, a ton. I mean, I go through about a book a week, and uh, I... I think that our world changes through the books and materials that we read and study, through the people that we meet and the experiences that we have. Mm-hmm. So books are a very key element in my world for sure. Uh, to have somebody distill their 10, 20, 50 years of knowledge into a book is just you know, a priceless gift. Which, uh, which, which category are you thinking, Joel? Well, around, around self-development. Okay. Starting with yourself, you. Yeah, yeah so... You know, some of my, my favorite stuff, uh, I would, I'd look at The Great Work of Your Life, we mentioned. Uh, there's a book called Emotional Equations by a guy named Chip Conley, which is very good. There's um, Brainier Brown, Daring Greatly, which, which is also really great. Um, I, would, I would pick up, there's a book on the Enneagram, I think it's called The Wisdom of the Enneagram. And it's like, I always look at, okay, how do we get to know ourselves even better? And the Enneagram is one of those models. Uh, there's a book called Unique Ability, put out by, by Strategic Coach, uh, by several authors that are part of Strategic Coach. That's a, that's a good one. I have to think about, about a few more, but those are, those are sort of the top ones that really, really hit me right now as, as you know, must, must do ones. Um, there's, I mean, as far as self-development and maybe business together, there's another book by Chip Conley called Peak, which is really amazing. And then there's a guy named Ari Weinswig who wrote a book called The Lapsed Anarchist Guide to Building a Great Business. And he's definitely one of the guys that, that I've enjoyed getting to know more who's built these interconnected companies out in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And he only sells them off his own website at zingtrain.com because he doesn't really like uh, multinationals and things like that. Nice, nice. Yeah, I can tell you that you read because a number of people that I ask, they just share like one book. So I'm going to put this in a list on the uh, article with Yannick Silva. So make sure that you head over to addictedtosuccess.com and it'll be right there in the podcast section. If you want to click on any of those uh, books and, and check them out for yourself, make sure you get your hands on Evolved Enterprise though. Because as you can hear, you know, Yannick's got great wisdom that he's sharing here on this interview. So make sure that you get your hands on that and and share it. If you, if it's something that vibes with you and this is the way you're going with uh, the future of your business, definitely share this with uh, with everyone you can. So, Yannick, thanks a million for joining us today. I appreciate you being here with us in the audience. I'm looking forward to seeing your pie and rise up, and uh, keep uh, making a difference in the world. You're doing amazingly well with what your uh, what your mission is, and, and and you're putting it out there and making a huge difference. So thank you so much. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it. Awesome. Now, we're just going to wrap this interview up with a final question. And the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? <laughs> yeah, you. it's... Uh, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure, right? 
Um, I, so I, I have written about this to my kids. So I, I have a, a note to them and this, the kind of the, the, the synopsis of it is to not live your life for, for anybody else to, you know, I've, I've left sort of guideposts for others and, and my kids and anyone else that, that follows, but to not even follow what I tell you to, to look at what is going to make you happy. And, and really your heart is, it becomes this like GPS and, and it becomes uh, the trail marker of, of your life and joy becomes a, a trail marker for you. So it's like, we're always driven by joy. So continuing to, to follow what, what gives us joy is, is going to sustain you and, and get you to where you want to go. Even if it's a hard decision and it's like the, you're going to make, you're going to make a leap at some point and it's going to feel like a tremendous leap, but it's, it's really not. It's like if you put your full heart into it, it, it can't go wrong.